Chapter 12, verses 41 through 50 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 41 and 42. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Chrysostom that none should think that the same things would come to pass now among the Jews, as had been of old of the Ninevites, that as Jonas converted them, and their city was delivered out of danger, so the Jews should be converted after the resurrection. The Lord now shows the contrary, that they should have no fruit of the benefit of the passion, but should suffer moreover grievous things, as he signifies below in the example of the demon. But now he first shows what just punishment they shall suffer, saying, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation. Rigmigius, the Lord shows in these words that there shall be one resurrection of the good and the bad against certain heretics who said that there should be two, one of the good, another of the bad. These words likewise overthrow that fable of the Jews, who used to say that the resurrection shall be held a thousand years before the judgment, these words clearly proving that the judgment shall ensue straight upon the resurrection, and shall condemn it. Jerome, not by a sentence of judgment, but by the comparison of their example, as he adds, For they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The word hic is to be taken as an adverb of place, not as a pronoun. Jonas, according to the Septuagint, preached for three days, I for this so long time, he to the Syrians, an unbelieving nation, I to God's own people, the Jews. He preached with his voice only, doing no miracles. I doing so many miracles am falsely accused as Beelzebub. Chrysostom. Yet does not the Lord stay here, but adds another denunciation, saying, The Queen of the South shall rise in the judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. This was yet more than the first. Jonas went to them. The queen of the south waited not for Solomon to come to her, but herself sought him, both a woman and a barbarian, and dwelling so far away. She was not afraid of death in her desire to hear his wise words. This woman went to Solomon. I came hither. She rose up from the ends of the earth, I go round about your towns and villages. He spake of trees and wood, I of unspeakable mysteries. Jerome, so the queen of the south will condemn the Jews in the same manner as the men of Nineveh will condemn unbelieving Israel. This is the queen of Saba, of whom we read in the book of Kings and Chronicles, who, leaving her nation and kingdom, came through so many difficulties to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and brought him many gifts. Also, in these instances of Nineveh and the Queen of Saba, the faith of the Gentiles is significantly set above that of Israel. The Ninevites typify those who cease from sin, the Queen those who know not to sin, for penitence puts away sin, wisdom shuns it. Rigmigius B. 
beautifully is the church gathered out of the gentiles spoken of as a queen who knows how to rule her ways of her the psalmist speaks the queen stood on thy right hand she is the queen of the south because she abounds in the fervor of the holy spirit solomon interpreted peaceful signifies him of whom it is said he is our peace verse forty three through forty five when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none then he saith i will return into my house from whence i came and when he is come he findeth it empty swept and garnished then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter in and dwell there and the last state of that man is worse than the first even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation chrysostom the lord had said to the jews the men of nineveh shall rise in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it that they should not therefore be careless he tells them that not only in the world to come but here also they should suffer grievous things setting forth in a sort of riddle the punishment that should fall upon them whence he says when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man jerome some suppose that this place is spoken of heretics because the unclean spirit who dwelt in them before when they were gentiles is cast out before the confession of the true faith when after they went over to heresy and garnished their house with feigned virtues then it is that the devil having taken to him other seven evil spirits returns and dwells in them and their last state becomes worse than their first and indeed heretics are in a much worse condition than the gentiles for in the heretics was a hope of faith in the gentiles a war of discord yet though this exposition has a plausibility and a show of learning i am doubtful of its truth for by the concluding words of this whether it be a parable or example thus shall it be to this evil generation for we are compelled to refer it not to heretics or to men in general but to the jewish people so the context of the passage may not shift about loosely and vaguely and be like unmeaning speeches but may be consistent with itself from first to last the unclean spirit then went out from the jews when they received the law and being cast out of the jews he walked through the wilderness of the gentiles as it follows he walketh through dry places seeking rest rigmigius he calls the hearts of the gentiles dry places as lacking all the moisture of wholesome waters that is of the holy scriptures and of spiritual gifts and strangers to the pouring in of the holy spirit rabanus or the dry places are the hearts of the faithful which after they have been purged from the weakness of loose thoughts the crafty liar-in-wait tries if by any means he may fix his footsteps there but flying from the chaste spirit the devil finds no resting place to his mind but in the heart of the wicked as it follows and findeth none Rigmigius, the devil supposed that he should have rest for ever among the gentiles but it is added and findeth none because when the son of god appeared in the mystery of his incarnation the gentiles believed jerome and when they believed on the lord the devil finding no place among the nations said i will return into my house whence i came out 
I have the Jews from whom I formerly departed. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. For the temple of the Jews was empty, and had not Christ to dwell therein. He having said, Arise, let us go hence. Seeing then they had not the protection of angels, and were burdened with the useless observances of the law and the traditions of the Pharisees, the devil returns to his former dwelling, and taking to him seven other demons, inhabits it as before. And the last state of that nation is worse than the first, for they are now possessed by a larger number of demons in blaspheming Jesus Christ in their synagogues than they were possessed with in Egypt before they had knowledge of the law. For it is one thing to have no belief that he should come, another not to receive him when he is come. A number sevenfold is joined with the devil, either because of the Sabbath or because of the number of the Holy Spirit, that as in Isaiah upon the bud which comes from the root of Jesse, seven spirits of virtues are related to have descended. So, on the other hand, an equal number of vices should be poured forth upon the devil. Beautifully, then, are the seven spirits said to be taken to him, either because of the breaking of the Sabbath, or because of the heinous sins which are contrary to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Chrysostom, or herein he may be showing forth their punishment, as when demoniacs have been loosed from their infirmity, if they after become remiss, they draw upon themselves more grievous illusions. So shall it be among you, before you were possessed by a demon, when you worshipped idols and slew your sons to demons. Yet I forsook you not, but cast out that demon by the prophets. And afterwards came myself seeking to purify you altogether. Since then you would not hearken to me, but have fallen into more heinous crime, as it is greater wickedness to slay Christ than to slay the prophets. Therefore ye shall suffer more heavy calamities. For what befell them under Vespasian and Titus were much more grievous than they had suffered in Egypt, in Babylon, and under Antiochus. And this indeed is not all he shows concerning them, but also that since they were destitute of every virtue, they were more fit for the habitation of demons than before. It is reasonable to suppose that these things were said not to them only, but also to us. If after being enlightened and delivered from our former evils, we are again possessed by the same wickedness, the punishments of these latter sins will be greater than that of the first. As Christ spake to the paralytic, Behold, thou art made whole, sin not, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Urbanus, For when any one is converted to the faith, the devil is cast out of him in baptism, who driven thence wanders up and down through the dry places, that is, the hearts of the faithful. Gregory. The dry places where no water is are the hearts of the righteous, which by the power of discipline are dried from all humors of carnal lust. The wet places are the minds of worldly men, which the humor of carnal lust fills and makes watery. In such the devil imprints his footsteps the more deeply inasmuch as in his wanderings he comes down upon such hearts as upon low and marshy ground. Rabanus, and returning to his house whence he had gone out, he findeth it empty of good works through slothfulness, swept, that is, of its old vices by baptism, and garnished with feigned virtues through hypocrisy. Augustine, 
so that in these words the Lord signifies that some shall so believe as not to have strength for the work of continence, and shall return to the world. He taketh unto him other seven. It is to be understood that when any has fallen from righteousness, he shall also have hypocrisy. For the lust of the flesh, being cast out of its wanted works by penitence, when it finds not any delights in which it may rest, returns the more greedily, and again takes possession of the soul. If carelessness has ensued, and there has not been introduced as the dweller in the cleansed abode the word of God in sound doctrine, and as he will not only have the seven vices which are the contraries of the spiritual virtues, but will hypocritically feign that he has the virtues, therefore his old lust, taking to itself seven other worse, that is, this sevenfold hypocrisy, returns to him so as to make the last state of that man worse than the former. Gregory. For it often happens that the soul, in the commencement of its progress, is lifted up and prides itself on its virtues, that it opens an entrance to the adversary who is raging against it, and who shows himself the more violent in breaking into it, by how much he was grieved at being cast out, though but for a short space. Verses 46 through 50. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Hilary because he had spoken all the aforesaid things in the power of his father's majesty. Therefore the evangelist proceeds to tell what answer he made to one that told him that his mother and his brethren waited for him without. While he yet spake unto the people, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to see him. Augustine, we are to understand without doubt that this happened close upon the foregoing, for he begins to tell it with the words, and while he yet spake. What can that yet mean, but that it was at the very time he spake the foregoing things? Mark also follows up that which he had said concerning the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost by saying, And there came his mother and his brethren. Luke has not observed the order of action here, but has placed this earlier as he happened to recollect it. Jerome. From this is taken one of Helvidius's propositions, on the ground that mention is made in the gospel of the brethren of the Lord. How, says he, are they called brethren of the Lord, if they were not his brethren? But now it should be known that in divine scripture men are said to be brethren in four different ways, by nature, by nation, by kindred, and by affection, by nature as Esau and Jacob, by nation as all Jews are called brethren, as in Deuteronomy, Thou shalt not set over thee a foreigner who is not thy brother. They are called brethren by kindred who are of one family, as in Genesis, Abraham said unto Lot, Let there not be strife between thee and me, for we are brethren. Also men are called brethren by affection, which is of two kinds, special and general. Special as all Christians are called brethren. As the Savior says, 
Go tell my brethren. General, insomuch as all men are born of one father, we are bound together by a tie of consanguinity, as in that, say unto them that hate you, ye are our brethren. I ask then, after which manner these are called the Lord's brethren in the gospel, according to nature? But scripture saith not, neither calling them sons of Mary nor of Joseph, by nation? But it is absurd that some few out of all the Jews should be called brethren, seeing that all the Jews who were there might have thus been called brethren, by affection, either of a human sort or of the spirit. If that be true, yet how were they more his brethren than the apostles, whom he instructed in the inmost mysteries? Or if because they were men, and all men are brethren, it is foolish to say of them in particular, Behold, thy brethren seek thee. It only remains then that they should be his brethren by kindred, not by affection, not by privilege of nation, not by nature. Id. But some suspect the brethren of the Lord to be sons of Joseph by another wife, following the idle fancies of apocryphal writers who have coined a certain woman called Ezka. But we understand by the brethren of the Lord not the sons of Joseph, but cousins of the Savior sons of a sister of Mary, an aunt of our Lord, who is said to be the mother of James the less, and Joseph and Jude, whom in another place of the gospel we find called the brethren of the Lord. And that cousins are called brethren appears from every part of Scripture. Chrysostom, but mark the loftiness of his brethren. When they should have come in and hearkened with the crowd, or if they would not this, to have waited the end of his speech, and then to have approached him, they, on the contrary, call him out to them, and do this before the multitude, therein showing their superabundant love of honor, and also that with all authority they lay their commands upon Christ. This the evangelist covertly hints when he says, while he yet spake, as much as to say, there was no other time? But what did they seek to say? Was it aught of the dogmas of truth? Then they should have brought it forth before all, that all might profit thereby. But if of other things that concerned themselves alone, they should not have called him in such haste, whence it is plain that they did this out of vainglory. Augustine, but whatever may be decided concerning these brethren, yet concerning the Holy Virgin Mary, for the honor of Christ, when sin in her is in question, I would not have it brought into doubt, for from this only we might know that more abundant grace was conferred upon her, that she should overcome sin on all sides, because she merited to conceive and bring forth him who it is clear had no sin. It follows, Then said one unto him, Behold thy mother and thy brethren stand without seeking me. Jerome he that delivers this message seems to me not to do it casually and without meaning, but as setting a trap for him, whether he would prefer flesh and blood to the spiritual work, and thus the Lord refused to go out, not because he disowned his mother and his brethren, but that he might confound him that he had laid this snare for him. Chrysostom For he said not, Go and say unto her, She is not my mother, but continues his discourse to him that had brought him word. As it follows, But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brethren? 
hilary and he cannot be held to have thought meanly of his mother seeing that in his passion he evinced the most extreme carefulness for her chrysostom but had he desired to disown his mother he would have done it at the time when the jews cast his birth in his teeth jerome he did not then as marcion and manichaeus say disown his mother so that he might be thought to be born of a phantasm but he preferred his apostles to his kindred that we also in a comparison of our affections should set the spirit before the flesh ambrose nor does he overthrow the duty of filial submission which is conveyed in the command honor thy father and thy mother but shows that he owes more to the mysteries and relationship of his father than of his mother as it follows and stretching out his hand to his disciples he said behold my mother and my brethren gregory the lord deigned to call faithful disciples his brethren saying go tell my brethren since then a man may be made a brother of the lord by coming to the faith it should be inquired how one may become also his mother be it known by us then that he that by believing is made brother or sister of christ becomes his mother by preaching for in pouring him into the heart of the hearer he may be said to beget the lord and he is made the lord's mother when by his word love of the lord is begotten in the mind of his neighbor chrysostom and besides what has been said he taught also somewhat more namely that we should not neglect virtue relying on any kindred for if it profited his mother nothing that she was such if she had not had virtue who is there then that shall be saved by his kindred for there is one only nobility to do the will of god and therefore it follows whoso shall do the will of my father which is in heaven the same as my brother and sister and mother many women have blessed that holy virgin and her womb and have desired to be made such mothers what is it then that hinders behold he hath set before you a broad way and not women only but men likewise may become the mother of god jerome let us also expound in another way the saviour is speaking to the multitude that is he teaches the gentiles the inward mysteries his mother and his brethren that is the synagogue and the jewish people stand without hilary although they had like the rest power to come in yet they abstained from all approach to him for he came unto his own and his own received him not gregory thus also his mother is declared to stand without as though she was not acknowledged because the synagogue is therefore not acknowledged by its author because it held to the observance of the law and having lost the spiritual discernment thereof kept itself without to guard the letter jerome and when they shall have asked and inquired and sent a messenger they shall receive for answer that their will is free and that they can enter in if they will believe end of chapter twelve